All we're going to do is play a game of football. It's not much to ask, is it? Really, there's not much to ask. <laughs> it was Groundhog Day last week, but it feels like it's Groundhog Day every bloody day at the moment for Cal United. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Brunton Bugle, a podcast focusing on the trials and tribulations, and occasionally we talk about some actual football games of Carl United. From Hugh McElmoyle to Brendan McGill and Sam Hunt to Ian Hart, we've got it covered. This is episode 36, and today we're going to be looking ahead to the midweek trip over the Pennines to face Harrogate Town for the first time, <laughs> uh, discussing how the fixture pilot might affect United season, uh, and as usual we'll have the news update and look at what ex-United players have been getting up to. Uh, as usual, joined by one of my co-hosts, and today it's Dan McLennan. Dan, how's it going, mate? Yeah, not bad. I'm just uh, looking up the cost of uh, heaters for pitches <laughs> and whatnot. The, 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 the irony is, I know you're down in Liverpool, I'm, I'm in Carlisle, it's, it's a lovely day outside, it's quite mild now. Mm. Uh, I know yesterday morning when I got in the car, I think it was minus eight on the, yeah. the dashboard. Today it was only minus two, and yeah. there's a, there's a good winter sun. But as ever, the Warwick Road end roof has played havoc with about twenty percent of the pitch. I think for sex. Yeah, it might be iconic, but it's uh, it causes problems. I think it's fair mm. to say um, it's one of those things. And it we well got to also get better covers or get heaters, but then you think, well, why is no other lower league club done it <laughs> if it's that easy? Yeah, and there must yeah. be a reason why clubs don't actively do it. It's a shame that we haven't got the geo fleece anymore. I mean, I know I've seen a few people say, "Oh, why didn't they replace it after the floods and that?" Well, I think the problem is I don't think the company who did it does them anymore. I mean, they I, were they were trying to push it to like lower league clubs and get them to buy it, but I don't think anyone took it up. I mean, that's the problem. You could still get forms of geo fleece. I know that yeah. from my quick googling in the last couple of days, and I'm sure I saw the link mentioning it. From 2018, when it snowed before we played Grimsby, I think we had like a few scraps of it left, and I'm going to yeah, guess yeah. the pro- problem is they get they haven't got any sort of protection on the geofleece either. So once they get soggy, they're soggy and they end up ruined. Basically, I think yeah, that's one yeah. of the issues they had back when we used it in 2010. If, I think I was working. If, if in the it had, uh, I think it had a few inches of snow on that time. That's probably not been. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. While 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 it's uh, it's compacted, it's all right. But once it uh, wetens. Yeah, that that's that, that I think is where the issue is, but but yeah, it's frustrating, isn't it? It's it's you know I I had this week off because it was my birthday last weekend. I thought I'll take the whole week off, got time to use up, and thought great, I'll get free games to watch during that time. All bloody free of them have been called off. It's just, it's just yeah. mad, isn't it? But there you go. I mean, that just takes us nicely into the news, doesn't it, Dan? So the the main news today is the fact that uh, it's become a bit of a regular occurrence. Um, United's fixture against Crawley this weekend is off, you know, but they've made some. Efforts to try and get it on, and we obviously saw with the late Norwich game, we moved that to a half two kickoff in the afternoon to try and get that one on, and that still bit the dust as well. So it means that we've now had 10 games called off in the last 45 days, and it's not just weather related, it is COVID, and there's obviously the um, the issues with uh, uh, what you call it at Harrogate with the 
power cuts there. So it just just seems like we're cursed at the moment, doesn't it? We just can't get a game to go ahead. Yeah, and uh, what a running it's going to be, starting it's, ironically it's at Harrogate. I mean, I've, I've just been uh, doing some quick calculations, and I think we now have 23 games in 82 days. Yeah. Uh, assuming tomorrow's uh, postponed game slots in in the last available Tuesday, we are now playing Tuesday, Saturday, every week, apart from Easter, where we play Saturday, Friday, Monday, Saturday. Yeah. So, I mean, worst case scenario, if another game went, they could maybe move the Easter games to Saturday and Tuesday to create another Tuesday. I wonder if they might even do that with the Crawley game, possibly. Try and slot Mm. it into that Tuesday before the Good Friday game, because they're not keen very often, are they, on moving that Tuesday game to the... uh... Yeah, the, the league don't like having games in the last Tuesday of the season. For the last time we did that, funny enough, was against Crawley. It was yeah, that game yeah. that we went to. Remember that one? <laughs> I, I try not to remember. <laughs> it was a dreadful it, game. It wasn't very good, was it? No, it was the an awful game. The worst nil-nil in history, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty but, dying. Uh, no, it's, uh, it's going to be some running and, yeah, but uh, nothing to be afraid of, you know. No. Hopefully we can get a, a head of steam up and... Yeah. Off we go. Well, we'll have a little look at that um, in a minute after we've done the news bits because we haven't got any matches to review, and you know we might as well we might as well talk about something. We're going to freestyle it, but we're just going to have a, a chat basically. I think for five or ten minutes. But uh, what what Lee had for his birthday tea and stuff like yeah, that. Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, stuff very nice tea actually. I had a lovely chippy tea. I did um, anyway. Uh, so yeah, so the next bit of news uh, the, is about the EWM loan facility. A bit of an update on this, so. United's part owner and club director, John Nixon, he's been speaking to the club website and the media this week, hasn't he, Dan, to discuss what's happened with the... Because uh, if, if anyone's been living in a cave for the last few years, they might probably know that the club has had a loan facility with Edinburgh Wooler Mill for the last four or five years now, I think, maybe, something like that. Yeah, it'd be about that, won't it? Yeah, it's essentially, it replaced the loan facility we more or less had with Pioneer Foods, which replaced the loan facility we had with Story Construction for God knows how many years. It's it's kind of a weird one, isn't it? It's it's like we've had a constant about one to two million pound debt probably for the yeah. last 10, I mean, 15 to years. Be, to, to be fair to Fred Story, was was it was it a Christmas time that he brought it off? I think it was. Yeah, it, it was a lovely it, Christmas. It got brought off. I think I think it was about one point one million was left, and I'm no accountant, but I'm sure it can be lost in uh, taxation purposes, you know. Yeah. Which it's one of the things, really I think is. over time, I think you eventually get to the point where you do that, yeah, but it's, yeah. it's just as well to have it sitting there and for the time uh, being. The Pioneer one has come down a little bit through various mm. sponsorship and chipping away and whatnot. But, uh, the problem is, you know, it, the, it always comes down, doesn't it? But it always ends up getting added back onto again, just, just because as a football club, yeah, we yeah. don't make enough money. Simple as that. Yeah, but no, the, the EWM one... Uh, it's well. It's it's rumored to be north of two million pounds. Uh, we're still waiting for the accounts that finish on the thirtieth of June last year. I think I had a look. I think they should be due about March or April. Yeah, I think it was usually. late March. Yeah. And uh, we'll we'll get a clearer picture then because I think the club have mentioned that they haven't drawn on it this season. So whatever the figure was at the end of June, which would likely be expected to be very similar. Yeah, I'd be interested to see whether they've used a bit of the brand fight money maybe to chip at that maybe and get it down a little bit possibly. Well, we, we won't find that out for another year though, will we? Probably not, no, actually. It's a good point. Because, um, because yeah. Brantford was... Was he... 
Yeah, I'm getting my years mixed up. It was, uh, <laughs> I'm merging yeah. to one now, don't they? But, but yeah, so it sounds like basically the, the EWM facility has moved to the new company that's effectively bought the... So, sorry, Edinburgh. just going back, yeah. yeah. for it went in the January, but yeah. whether the money came through straight away in time for it is another matter, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we reckon we got about 800 grand for upfront, didn't we? That was yeah, the talk. Yeah. There you go. But yeah, so the EWM loan facility has effectively moved to the new company as it's done and it just sounds like essentially it's it's business as usual, isn't it? Because the directors of the new company happen to be the, the people who were involved in it. What were they? Some, some some very familiar names. Yeah, some of them I mean, are even on our board. So you I'm, know, I'm, I'm sure one or two of you listening are much more versed in the world of uh, corporate finance than us two amateurs. But uh, yeah, but I, it's, I, it's, yeah, essentially for, EWM have been reborn under a new name with the same people and. From our understanding, they basically cherry pick the bits that they want back at price because yeah. nobody would get anything otherwise. So. so yeah, so essentially, it's it's business as usual. Nothing's really changed in terms of that. Um, there's some interesting comments from him as well. Actually, wasn't there about today about the the uh, salary cap being dropped? Um, that sounds yeah. like an absolute mess, doesn't it? Really, it's something that's necessary, but the way it's been implemented sounds like it's been just slapdash and not really fought through, has it? And not mentioning any clubs, <clears throat> Salford would yes. uh, no doubt clap their hands at this news. Well, I'd imagine Barrow might be quite happy as well based on the, the way they've been behaving by all accounts and furloughing players that are out for <laughs> too, too busy offering to uh, furlough players. And obviously we don't know the full ins and out. It's, it was a breaking story, was yeah. it, yesterday? Yeah. But the thing but, is, as much as you complain about it, they're entitled to do it. <laughs> There's nothing legally says they can't do it, really, is there? And they if, are and they aren't. It's, it's more a... I'm trying to think of the word. It's the integrity side of it. it it's it's it? sort of yeah, it's it's a it's a sort of moral sort of thing. Yeah, the morally, morals, yeah. morally, it's not particularly good. B- basically, to an outsider, it looks as though they're using taxpayers' money mm. to try and stay up. Well, but then I suppose uh, I'm playing a bit of devil advocate here. But um, is there an argument here though that tomorrow can turn around and say, well? What have the government actually done to support football clubs throughout this crisis? I mean, I'd argue say very little, to be honest. They basically said to you, oh, the Premier League will bail you out. The argument from the club is, well, we're not getting any income here because we can't allow fans in. Then, and yet then we're expecting the, the Premier League to do it. So on it's, the flip side, the argument from the government is we've got a lot more important stuff to do. True, it's, true, but then you know, the fo- football league and the Premier League—you know that yeah. I mean, Premier League's different. Obviously, they're still getting the big team money, but the football league—you know—it supports a lot of businesses across yeah. the country, and, and, and you know, a lot of people we, are pointing directly. We were just looking last night. The national league has descended into absolute chaos at the moment. Well, I think to be honest, they've got probably an even bigger argument to say they're getting screwed over by the government because what they were promised in terms of finance doesn't seem to have come come to fruit, does it? By the sounds of things, so. Loans instead of a, but I think the actual things. national league haven't haven't passed the information on right. No, to the they've they've either, not handled so it very uh, well at all. I think the government and national no. league together have handled it incredibly badly. Yeah, it's, it's a complete mess. Yes, but there you go. Well, I think that sums up that bit. Um, Dan, do you want to give us a quick update on the fans' flag appeal? We briefly touched on it very at the very end of the episode last time, but let, let's just quickly go through it now. Then, wow, what a week! <laughs> yeah, uh, as, as as everyone will pretty much know now, uh, I, I saw a, a fellow blue mention, you know, getting flags hung up in the ground, and I thought, 
why don't we get some money and get a couple of big ones? And uh, started the GoFundMe with a target of £500. And I think <laughs> that was beaten that. in about <laughs> two hours, yeah. I've, I've just looked now, and I think it's sat at £5,055, which Brilliant. is... Absolutely, I'm 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 flab- I'm genuinely I'm not often lost for words. I can talk for England, but I'm genuinely flabbergasted. I mean, it shows yeah, the goodwill we, around the club, doesn't it? At the moment, though, yeah, really, we 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 do lose a very small percentage for fees and VAT and that, but uh, you're still looking at north of four thousand eight hundred pounds. Uh, little update: uh, we have several flags, both some have been unveiled, uh, a couple have been worked on. The plan is that. The finalised order will go in on Monday the 15th and the company tell me their turnaround time is approximately 10 days, obviously depending on workload. So with a bit of luck, we'd maybe get them back two weeks today. We're we're on Friday the 12th as we record, so it'd it'd be nice to get them within the two weeks that would be get them in time for the Oldham game on the 27th then maybe yes yes but it's it's it's, I'd say it's very 50 50 if we it obviously it depends on their workload etc yeah well uh, which are you using the same company that I got mine from or using a different one yes I think it is yeah yeah ah well they're from experience they're very they're pretty good they get them back very quick and and from my uh conversations with them I got the feeling that you're putting a, a hell of an order in. I'm sure we can uh, push the boat out if needed, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, no, but so I, I, no, sorry, Dan, I was going to say, some, the designs look fantastic. Some of them really, really good. And I think, you know, it's been great to see everyone get so enthusiastic about it. And, you know, there's I know there's been a few disagreements about, you know, legends on ones and current players being one. The, the you, thing is, you can't flag, please... <laughs> oh, it's a nightmare, isn't it? The, the legends flag, I, I think it's something the club needs... And it's you know it's a great idea, but getting the, the right legends. I mean, everyone's legends are different for various yeah. reasons. Yeah. And I, I I put a post on the Be Just group saying what defines a legend. And I think that got about seventy five replies. You know. know. Do you know what but, Dan? Uh, you should have done. You should have just got a fifty foot foot by fifty foot uh, mural of Ian Stevens. I mean, that would have done the job, quite frankly. I think or, we would have both. Yeah, Ian Stevens and Paul Proud, like yeah, in a naked yeah. embrace or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There you go. But no, it's fantastic, Dan. It's been really, really good. And we, we should have to actually say, because I know a lot of people have, where it's been reported, I know it's probably just an easy way of tagging it something. They've been said it's a, a Cumbrians.net thing, but I don't think it is. It's more of a fans generally, isn't it, really? I think yeah, we, yeah. I mean, we've the led main organisers have, have sort of led the way. We've led the way with it and set it up. And But it's, it's just, it's been fans. I mean, you know, QOS do get a bit of bad press, but fair play, they chucked a couple hundred quid in. Hey, Chris uh, Beach did. Chris Beach put £50 pound in. Yeah, uh, I've obviously had a few conversations with Nigel Clibbins at the club, uh, who has been excellent with it. Uh, you know, he, he let me and another another blue in last week to measure up. Uh, he's, you know, he's answered any queries we have regarding images, etc. He's, he's been excellent with it, so... Uh, a big thank you to uh, the entire Blue Army, the club, and uh, John Coleman. A couple of great articles supporting it. You know, it's it's yeah. it's just been a mad week because I, you know, at the start of this week, I'm I was in work most days. So when I was getting the ten minute break, I was looking at my phone and I'd have about two hundred notifications. You know, it was yeah, uh, insane, wasn't it? Yeah, insane. But, but uh, there you go. Ho- hopefully, the end product will be uh, will be worth all the. Uh, 
it's not hassle. It's certainly not hassle, but all the uh, the fun, the fun, not the absolute. Right. Well, that's the new section done then. So we've, like I said, we've got no matches to review, have we? Because there's, there's been no games. <laughs> but um, I just thought I'd leave a little bit. Just generally crack about Carl United related stuff. I mean, do do we want to talk maybe briefly about you know the, the second half of the season and how we? We'll see things pan out. How we see the the fixture build up affecting us? I mean, yeah, we can do. I'm, I've I've uh, I've got a running fixture list in my notes mm. on my phone that obviously changes all the time at the moment. But uh, you know, we did we did sort of have originally we were sort of playing all the good teams at once and then an easier running. But that's uh, that's Can't a little bit it. up in the air. I mean, to be fair, the rearrange the running sort of post Easter. Apart from a trip to Newport and a trip to Cheltenham, there's there's nothing to really worry us, if that's the right word. <coughs> what I'd say is, a lot of those teams, with the exception of maybe Cheltenham um, on the 27th of April, their season's potentially going to be over. Yeah. When yeah. you look at it, they're probably going to be out of contention, a lot of them. I mean... It is strange. I'm kind of a little bit disappointed that we didn't stick uh, the the Orient game in where the Cheltenham game's gone because it'd been quite funny to play Orient back to back in the uh, third last game and the second last game of the season. Yeah. So that would have been well, quite it would insane. have been the fourth and the third. Now we've the fourth and the third. Yes, May. of course, yeah. of course. But yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think when you look at it, March is the month that's really packed at the moment, isn't it? And when you look at that at the moment. I mean, Colchester is a long trip. I mean, they're. I mean, I'm surprised how bad Colchester been this season. I mean, I didn't think they'd be in a play of contention again, but they've really dropped off because they've always been up there, haven't they? Challenging for the playoffs. I'm, I'm, I'm just counting up as you're talking there. You're saying March looks packed. It's got eight games, but so's April. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. yeah. But I think also April. You, the, the the first game. Well, I suppose they do both start on the second, don't they? Actually, yeah. yeah that's a fair point, though, actually. Um, Oh, there's just loads of games in there. That, that, that's the problem. Isn't yeah. it? There's just too many yeah. games to fit in. I think you're going to see a lot of the squad used. I think I think defence probably was going to likely stay the same as much as possible, well, isn't I, it? I, I was having to count up uh, while I was just waiting for you to get sorted before mm. we recorded. And our squad, according to Wikipedia, is 30 players listed. Uh, one's Lewis Bell, who obviously we know has been struggling post. He's possibly got long COVID, I think. Mm. And so we can't really count the lad, and obviously we all hope he's uh, on the mend. Yeah. Then we've got the five first-year pros, Barnes, Birch, Lightfoot, Wilson, and Armstrong, who's broke his ankle, was it? On his yeah, I, I'd imagine Armstrong, with a broken ankle, he's, not be lo- be available. he's probably not going to be available. He's one of those ones they might, if they're being kind, might give him another year to try and show what he can do. But the fact that he hasn't maybe, been much involved maybe. much anyway... But, Taking apart that half a dozen, that leaves us with 24 players in our squad. Of those, uh, George Tanner isn't too far away. Yeah. I think Chris Beach said midweek that Danny Devine's about four weeks away, was it? Yeah, I think he said that, yeah. And luckily for Morgan Feeney, he's he's picked up an injury, obviously on the same day that uh, Young Armstrong did, which Mm. uh, probably put him back a little bit, but... uh, yeah, with a broken foot. I don't, I don't think it was bad, was it? Well, broken foot, it, it just depends what he's, he's broken, really, doesn't it? That's the thing, what yeah, bone is yeah. broken, how long it takes to heal. It might be one that's only maybe eight weeks or something like that, I don't know. It, it, it's We are guessing, literally, when we talk about what, what his injury might be doing to him. But, um, 
yeah, it's it's it'd be interesting to see who gets used. I, I wonder if those those four um, first year pros are left. I wonder if they might start to get the odd place on the bench, you know, because the, the, the play pick up knocks. Be, they probably get used on the bench. The lot of averages with such a, a heavy schedule, we are going to get the odd injury. We will probably get the odd. Um, we might get a couple hit ten bookings with so many games. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, like I said, I think the midfield is a place where we're going to end up rotating quite a bit. Obviously, we've got the issue with Danny Devine not being available at the moment, but you've effectively got two sets of three that you can use there, haven't you, really? And your first choice, like we've said, is Mellish, uh, Riley and Guy. And your second choice, presuming Devine's obviously still out for a little bit longer, would be Dixon, Charters and... Um, who's your Furman. Furman, of course, yes. I mean, it's a young second choice, but... Taking Furman out of the equation there. I was going to say, yeah, Furman's, Furman's a bit older. That. Furman's a bit older. I think you'll take that. Oh, I've said that, yeah. But, but yeah, and obviously attack, we've, we've spoiled for choice now. We've got, we've got Dickinson could probably slot into midfield, I think. I think he looked good against um, Forest Green when he came on and played in that sort of, almost in the Mellish role, didn't he? For a lot of that game. So, we just see how yeah, Dickinson gets on. As well, we know he, you know, if, if we did get injuries up front, we know he can play sort of left on a free as well, so... Yeah, so we've got I think one of the keys is we've got two or two or three players who who can play in two or three positions. You know, Joe Riley and Danny Devine can both cover at the back as well as play midfield. That's true. Mellish could drop back in defence if needed. Yeah. Uh Dickinson can play anywhere on the left, you know, so Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Alessandra can drop back a little bit. You can, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a fair point. Fair point indeed. Um yeah, I can't think of anything else. We're going to have a chat about it. I mean, I was going to ask you, we were going to sort of do a little thing, weren't we, on our favourite away days or something like that, but I think maybe save that for another episode, possibly, if we're going to... We could probably do that as a special, to be honest, and maybe yeah. invite a couple of uh, listeners in. Absolutely, absolutely. It would be great to get a few people on and uh, discuss Speaking those kind of, of things. specials, we do have more on the way. We do. The, the kids one's going to come out early next week. I just need to edit that over the weekend. I've got a bit of time now. Now we haven't got a game on, so there you go. Um, and, and did, did we mention possibly leaving the 05 or 62 parter to the summer to fill a couple of weeks, possibly? I think, yeah, we might, might drag that out. I might have to have a listen. We might have to actually record that one again because it was early days and I'm not sure it was... Uh, I was quite as sharp, should I say, in terms of the, the presenting of it and all that sort of stuff. Well, I think that's uh, it for the first half then, Dan. Uh, nice and brief for once, but... Um, We'll be back shortly. In fact, before we go to a break, I'm going to ask you a quick question. I saw this today. Now, this is a quick, quick question. A bit of a mouthful, that one. Um, I know some people don't like us doing these quizzes, but we're going to do a few more of them over the season. I haven't had a chance to do a proper one this week. But here's a quiz question for you, Dan. So the question I've got for you, Dan, is which two teams do Cal United have a 100% win record against in the Football League? And we'll be back with that one after the break. So uh, get your thinking cap on there, Dan. I think you probably know one of them. I definitely know one of them. And I'll have a good guess at the second. Okay. We'll be back shortly after this break. Hi, this is George Tanner. You are listening to the Brunton Bugle. There you go. There's the, there's our new little break thing. There's George doing his little bit for us. We enjoyed that little chat we've had him, didn't we, Dan? It was really, yeah, really good. Yeah, and uh, can, can we just say, some of the feedback we've had from listeners has been brilliant. So, uh, yeah, it's been fantastic. Thanks very much. Uh, hopefully, hopefully the first and many over the years. Definitely, definitely, and and from what George said, like some of the other lads would definitely be up for it anyway. And you know, he, he was really good crack and really honest stuff actually as well. I mean, he he could have hinted on a couple of things like we asked him about the Salford loan, and he could have said, "Oh, I had a knock, and you know, I was struggling." But he he just said like, "I just wasn't picked. I don't know why." 
and he, he basically said that he really enjoyed the performance against them, didn't he? Because he had a point to prove. So we could tell that, couldn't we? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, definitely. The way he was talking was brilliant. But but yeah, no, he's really good, George. And you know, thank you again to him for giving up his time. Okay, we're into the second half now then, Dan. So I'll quickly uh, do the quiz question answer for you. So there's two teams then who've United have a hundred percent win record against in the football league. Which teams are they? Well, one of them is Everton. Correct. We won both games against them in the first division season. And uh, I'm edging towards one of the more recent teams for the second one. It's not. It's a very early one. What I'll say is it's it's a very early one and it's a team that I think it still exists in the non-leagues, but it's quite low down in the non-leagues, I think. So it's a... Oh, right. Let me... Come back, come back to me on that. Let me have a, a rack of the brains. Okay, we'll come back at the end of the end of the show. Um, but there's a, there's a good little quiz question for you all. Okay, well let's uh, look ahead then to an actual football game. Then Dan, um, United take on Harrogate next Tuesday. It's a seven o'clock kickoff, as every midweek game seems to be now, doesn't it? It's um, I think the Colchester games moved to a seven o'clock kickoff now, hasn't it? As well, I think, yeah. I think, I think what the, most they gra- of them will. I think they're gradually just doing it, just in case fans are allowed back and. Basically, if they are, they'll just stay as the normal kickoff time, won't they? I think. Um, so, yeah, so the referee for this game is Seb Stocksbridge. Um, he's quite regular in the lower leagues. I think he referees us two or three times a season, doesn't he, Seb? Um, his last United game that he refereed actually was the 3 2 win over Newport earlier this season. He gave us a penalty in this game, didn't he? I think it was a very cute play from Coyote to put himself between the man and the, the ball, and he got taken out, didn't he? coming out of the box so clever there interestingly I've noticed who the fourth official is for this game Dan it's Bob Madley obviously famously oh, yes. uh, disappeared yes. to uh, Norwegian football for a bit after some scurrilous rumours which were untrue we, we should say we should say that we're, we're not going to repeat them just no. in case no but, uh... no we're definitely not um, but yeah the, 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 he actually did a long interview I think with the Athletic didn't he about yeah, the real yeah. reason and it was a silly thing to do but actually I mean the reason he got kicked off the thing it was utterly ridiculous when you look back at it and the way it was handled it was not yeah, not very yeah. good at all to be fair yeah but there was uh, some barking decisions made oh, behave behave eh <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go um, okay well let's, let's, let's get on to the history and facts about Harrogate Town these are the same ones I did in the Christmas preview episode but it's been that long ago I might as well just rehash it and, uh, you know why, why put out any new material when you can go through the greatest hits um, so Harrogate Town were formed in 1914 as Harrogate AFC uh, the club was due to play its first fixtures in the 1914-15 season. However, due to the Great War, all games were postponed before fixture could take place. Harrogate should have been playing Bishop Auckland on Saturday the 5th of September, but sent a telegram two hours before kickoff, stating they would not be arriving as most of the team had joined the regiments. Well, I mean, to be fair, it's better than a power cut calling the game off a couple of hours before, yeah. isn't it? So, de- decent reason there, I think it's fair to say. Um, the team was disbanded in 1932 but reformed in 1935 under the name Harrogate Hot Spurs interesting that because that must be the only other team I can think of that's ever had Hot Spurs as the uh, as the tag on it I suppose the uh, the prefix what would you call it what do you call it when you put the bet on the end of a football team's name there is a the, term for it I can't remember the it. name <laughs> no no you know what I mean but you're on the name on the end of the name where you've got the place but then you've got like United or City there's an actual phrase but I can't remember what it is off the top of my head but there you go um, the club was uh, club's name was switched to Harrogate Town in 1948 the club is nicknamed Town and also the Sulphurites due to the famous Sulphur Springs in the town 
So yeah, they spent most of their early days in the Yorkshire League, but they worked their way up for the North East Counties and Unibon Leagues in the 80s and 90s. The fortunes changed when the club was taken over in 2012 by Irving Weaver, who is the father of the manager, Simon. He'd actually been in charge for three years at that point, we should point out. He's not somebody, not like his dad bought the club and made him manager. He convinced his dad to buy the club, basically. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Uh, after earning promotion via the National League North playoffs in 2018, it took them just two seasons to earn promotion to the Football League, beating Notts County in the final at Wembley this summer. I remember you talked about watching that game, didn't you? I think Harrogate dominated that game, didn't they? They really did deserve to win it, from what you said back, yeah, they, back then. Yeah, they, they were very impressive. And I, I, certainly, I certainly also think that if the league had played to a conclusion... Uh, I don't think Barrow would have certainly wouldn't have come up automatically because I think it would have Barrow, been tight. It would have been very very Barrow tight. Barrow still had to go to Harrogate, which sort of if Harrogate beat them, that would have negated the uh, the difference really. Mm, it would have been very interesting to see what would have happened at the end of that season. It would, have been very, it would have been one of those ones I think would have gone down to the last day definitely at least. Um, celebrity fans, I think you picked these ones out last time, didn't you, Dan? And I'm I'm still not not hundred percent convinced. By them being separate fans, also you argue still that they've been to games and that makes them fans. Yeah. So fair enough. So it's Nigel Martin, the former Leeds United goalkeeper. Um, one of the few is he the only or one of the few people to have played for England who, who come from Cornwall? He might be the only. I don't know. There's not been many professional footballers from Cornwall, has there? When you think back, off the top not of my many head, people live down in Cornwall. No, that's no, it's true. It's very true indeed. Um, and Ryan Sidebottom, the England cricketer. Um, played for Yorkshire as well, didn't he? Uh, so he's uh, been spotted down that way, I think, as well, quite a lot. I think he takes I'll, his young kids there, doesn't he? I think because it's a bit cheaper than going to watch Leeds United. I'll I tell you who was from Cornwall. Who? Matthew Everington. Of course he was. Yes, you're right. He was from Truro, and I know that because I've been on holiday in the Truro area years ago, and I I learned that fact. Did he actually play for England in the end? I knew he played for under twenty one. Because I remember he made his debut for Peterborough when he was sixteen, didn't he? And I think him and Simon Davies were in the team at like 16 and played against us for Peterborough. I don't think he did. It was round about the time we went down to Peterborough and won 2-0, that game you went to, where John Dernan scored two yeah, yeah. unbelievable. Like, you think, like, if you're going to score your only two goals for a club, the two goals he scored that day were just outrageous, weren't they? They're like, worth looking up on YouTube, put it like that. Like, one of them he curls in the top corner. And the, I think it's the second one where he just beats two men, edge of the box, looks up and just chips the keeper in off the bar. It's it's just stupid, but anyway, going off I'm, a bit I'm, tangent. I'm, I'm just, I'm going off on the tangent, I've just had a quick uh, Google, and th- there is quite a few from Cornwall oh, over time. Well, there you go. He's one of the few Th- professional 32, footballers. Thirty-two of them. Ah, well, there a you lot, go. A lot of them are old. Yeah, well, there you go. One of the more recent ones, anyway. Yeah. Um, there you go. So uh, that, that's a celebrity fans head-to-head record. And last time we met, well, we've we've never played them. <laughs> so there's not. Well, we have, but for ten minutes. Unfortunately, that was all it was last time. Um, I mean, I think the fact that they secured promotion to the league only on the 2nd of August, I think a lot of people were expecting them to struggle a bit this season, weren't they? Especially as they have a particularly small squad. But they surprised a lot of people, didn't they? They, they started the season really, really well and they got themselves up into the playoff positions early on and there was a feeling of, oh, they could be the dark horse this season, weren't, wasn't there? Yeah, the they did, they did all right, didn't they? I mean, I know that they slipped a bit, but I, th- I think they've, they've sort of, they've, they've, you know, they've, they've settled a bit now, haven't they? They've, yeah, their, their form know, dropped they, off a lot after that good start, but they've actually picked yeah. up a little bit recently. And they've, you know, I think, they had a good win over Newport uh, a couple of weeks back. Mm, they beat Crawley as well, didn't they, I think, recently? Yeah, and they've got a draw away at uh, Salford. 
And I think they drew with Exeter at home. So they're more than capable of holding their own. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, they currently find themselves 15th place in the division on 33 points. They've played 27 games. There's only two teams outside of the bottom two have lost more games than them though. They've had 12 defeats. I think there's two teams that have suffered 14 defeats. I think the bottom two, Grimsby and Southend, have had 16 defeats each. So they're way ahead in terms of that. But yeah, so they... They don't. I don't think they draw too many games, but they, they they've lost a fair few so far. Um, yeah. So their current form is actually pretty average. Um, they're eleventh in the form in the last six games form table with two wins, two draws, and two defeats. Uh, United are sixth in that table. We we dropped down to around about mid table one point, but because we haven't played. Another team is struggling a bit. We've just gone back up again, basically. It's, it's kind of weird. I, I, I would say inconsistent is probably the fairest word for Harrogate's form when you look at it. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're inconsistent, but they're not like consistently bad, basically, are they? Essentially, yeah, yeah. That, that's where they, they, they've picked up a bit. Um, so last time out, they suffered a narrow 1 0 home defeat to high flying Cheltenham Town. I mean, it's nothing to be embarrassed about there because Cheltenham are a very good team, aren't they? And you know they've they beat us at home, so you know not a bad side to lose to. Um, but the last win came in the game prior to that. They got a three-one victory over Crawley Town, who they seem to be dropping off a little bit now, don't they? They had their cup run, and it seems to have sort of affected them a little bit, and they've dropped down the table somewhat. Well, they, they missed a couple of games with a COVID outbreak after the yes. cup exploit, didn't yeah. they? And then. Uh, uh, Mark Wright made a, an interesting debut last week, <laughs> shall we say? Well, by all accounts, he he wasn't a major problem in that. They just needed to change the way they were playing yeah, from what, yeah, what was yeah. said. But but there is a, like a camera crew following, isn't there? About his uh, chance to start his career again at what thirty three or something. And yeah, he's, he's a nice bloke, apparently. My my, my missus is actually cause she works for Matalan and he does a lot of modelling and stuff. Yeah, you, you, she's you working him before. before said he's, uh, he's not too bad. Yeah, he's a nice fella, but there you go. Uh, the manager is Simon Weaver. We've mentioned before, yes, he's the owner's son, but he's earned the job in his own right before his dad took the reins at Weatherby Road. Uh, he was quite a solid defender in his playing days with Lincoln City. With that, I mean, he was that Keith Alexander side, wasn't it? He was just basically the, the the team of the Giants, weren't they? I mean, you know, people might say we're a direct side, but nothing on that Lincoln team when they used to have the older air ride siren out and stuff like that. And uh, Keith Alexander, you know, bless his soul with his... Um, his socks tucked right up his uh, <laughs> yeah. tracksuit pants. He was a fashion icon uh, way before Paul Tisdale was uh, in the football oh, league yeah, management yeah. roles. But there you go. Um, he's done a decent job though. I mean, they, 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 you know, yeah, he's, his dad's come in and put a bit of money into the club, but they've not got like gone out and spent bucket loads of money, have they? They've just built a team up, and you look at the team they've built. There's there's not a huge amount of football league experience in there, is there? He seems to have done a decent job in crafting a team together really um ably assisted of course by paul Thurwell, former united midfielder and captain so which which didn't... brings us on to the uh the now infamous paul Thurwell tattoo oh. one one day you will hear our appeal and one day you will get in touch we need to see it we just need to see it every, every time we well, mention paul Thurwell, it gets i'm not so bothered about seeing it again i just want to know the story <laughs> well, there. well there you go yeah that's, that's the thing we need um yeah, so um, they came into the season with probably one of the smallest squ- squads in the division, I think it's fair to say. And uh, after the drop-off in form, though, they, I think they've, they've sort of recognised they've needed to strengthen a little bit, haven't they? So they've made a few signings in January. I don't know if you'll know anything about this one, being a, a Rangers follower yourself, Dan. Uh, Josh McPake uh, is one of the signings. I don't think he's been involved too much in the first team at Rangers, has he? No, no. Uh, Rangers, obviously, 
loan quite a few out and uh, Josh McPeak uh, is one of those. I'm just uh, I'm just pulling up the thing on he's he's only nineteen year old. Oh, he's a there winger. You go. Yeah, he's a winger. He's he's had a couple of loans. I think. Yeah. I think he was at Morton at the start of the first yeah, half the, of the season. Yeah, name, name rang a bell when I heard it. I'm probably probably yeah. from Football Manager, of all things, I'd imagine. But yeah, uh, but yeah there was also saying Josh March from Forest Greens, a bit of Football League experience there. And uh, one of the other interesting rounds, I just, when I was looking through the squad, is uh, they signed a young defender called Ed Francis. Now, he's a former Manchester City um, youth product, but he's also been at Wolves and they're under-23s. He's had a couple of interesting loans in his career, hasn't he? I think he's been to, is it Grasshoppers, I think, in Europe, possibly? Um, I love it when players have a random move to Europe. Well, I'm guessing it's going to be loan spells because obviously they've got links there. Almere City, who obviously uh, former United loanee Elias Sorensen is there at the moment, isn't he? Um, and also Grasshoppers, yeah. He's been think, do Almere do Almere not possibly have a little link up with? Uh, I think they possibly Man do. City. That would make sense. And Grasshoppers, I think, was when he was at. Um, was a, a, a Wolves, but just in that he's gone out on loan basically to clubs abroad rather than ones in England. But now he's obviously left Wolves. He's uh, got himself a move in the January transfer window to um, for his, to, to Harrogate. Sorry, so it'll be interesting to see how he gets on there. Um, made a few other signings. Jake Lawler signed from um, Wrexham. I think he's got a bit of uh, experience behind him. He's twenty nine years old. Um, I mean, look at that. Obviously, we've picked out Dan Jones before as one of the key men there. Um, as well as that, um, you've got, like I said, Jack Muldoon's done pretty well. He's, he's settled in really well in the Football League, hasn't he? I think Aaron Martin's yeah, yeah. one they, they expect a lot of. I know he's 29, he's only coming into the Football League a bit late. The, but the, it, the one we were discussing just prior to this as well, uh, obviously, Bart Beck's been at Harrogate. Yeah. But he just seems to have disappeared off the radar. Yeah, he's not been involved, does he? he's not listed as injured. Uh, he just doesn't seem to appear anymore. He... He made a one-minute substitute appearance at the start of December and hasn't featured it since. So whether one, he's got an injury and it hasn't been reported. Yeah, the one issue Harrogate have got, and it's a similar issue that Barrow have got, and one that Salford did have when they first came into the Football League, is, as we all know, there's a rule in the Football League that at least one member of your match day uh, squad has to have come through your youth system. They have to be a homegrown product. Now, we've been a bit cheeky on that one in recent years, haven't we? I think we had Danny Granger at one point covering that. Yeah. Early in the season, we had Gavin, Gavin Riley, Riley, technically, yeah. Yeah, people like that. I think the, the rule is if they've been at academy from 11 to 16, you can count them. Yeah, exactly that. So, um, so they ha- basically, if you can't name that one player, you're only allowed six subs, essentially. Now, we've got Taylor Charters in there, in there now, and luckily, Taylor's done really well, and he's basically earning his place on the bench now. He's a basically a first-team squad member. He's not just on there as a token gesture to fill the rule, yeah, is he? yeah. So uh, he's done really well for himself. Harrogate, I don't think, have a youth set up, do they, in the same way that we do? So Certainly not to the level we do if they do have one. Yeah, and Barrow definitely don't, do they, I don't think. I think they're in the process of getting their set up properly, I think. Well, they'll so. probably just furlough them anyway. <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> there you go. Um, so yeah, I think that might, maybe that's an issue there. Maybe he's just the unlucky one where they look and think, well, yeah, actually, possibly, possibly. you've got better options, but there you go. Um Yes, I think that sums it up. A quick rundown of the team news for us, Dan. Um, we've sort of already covered these. Danny Devine, another four weeks out of his knee injury. Uh, Morgan Feeney's got his broken foot. Not sure when he'll be back. Jamie Armstrong, broken ankle. Probably not back before the end of the season would be our guest there. Um, 
George Tanner sounds like he's closing in. He seemed, he seemed pretty confident, didn't he, when we speak to him? He didn't tell us when he's back, but he sort of hinted that, you know, he's only had to miss, what, five or six games. And yeah, he's been yeah. quite lucky in that sense, hasn't he, really, with the way things have landed. And I think Beach sort of intimated the same thing in his uh, pretty much <laughs> pretty much a press conference for a match that's not going to happen. Um so yeah, you wonder if George Tanner, maybe they might not risk him. Maybe he'll only be on the bench. He's got to build his fitness up again, maybe. Um, but Rob McDonald will be available. Obviously, he would have been available for the last two games anyway, but uh, he's available again after his um, self-isolation. Isolation, the pool God, can you imagine that being stuck at home for 20 I days? I mean, it's just mad how he ended up developing after, after he'd tested negative, clearly, by the looks of things. But there you yeah, go. Yeah. Um, predictions, Dan. So they smash them. Take the fury out on them. Smash them. We've been there (laughs) twice. Two shambles. They'll all be raring to go. 5-0, sodded. 5-0, let's go for it. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) He's he's lost it, listeners. He's absolutely lost it. But um, to be fair, we should say shambles. It's not particularly their fault. The electric cut was it in. I suppose you could argue the pitch is just one of those things. We've not heard of generators in North Yorkshire. Oh, come on. Come on. Uh, But there you go. So, um... 5-0, 5-0, wow. Where are you going to go goal scorers? Uh, Alessandra, penalty. Patrick, Coyote. Mellish and Callum Guy to finally nab one. Oof. You know what, Dan? I'm going to go with 5-0 as well. Why I'm not? going to go the frustration thing. Just I'm, for a I'm, laugh. I'm, we're probably going to be going to get beaten. We've got to put a couple of quid on this as well just yes. to, uh, so it doesn't bite us. Yeah, but there you go. So essentially, we're going to end up losing two one probably as a result of this. But <laughs> with a ninety fourth minute in off someone's backside. Exactly that. Exactly that. So five nil. Who am I going to go goal scorers? I'm going to go. Ooh, I think Aaron Hayden will get one from a corner. Um, Joe Riley, because um, he's George Tanner's mate. We were cracking with him the other day. Uh, Brennan Dickinson will get his first goal, and oh, go on! I'm going to go Toure and Coyote for the goals. There you go. Five different goal scorers. Five nil. Hopefully no Harrogate fans are listening to this and won't put this onto their team and give them a little boost and say, look, that's what they're saying about you. So there you go. Uh, okay, then, Dan, quickly, let's have a rundown of the X-Files stuff. I don't think there's a massive amount to cover, is there? Not too many. Uh, Glenn Muddy scored a brace on his debut for Notts Forest. Yeah. Uh, did, you, did you hear me and uh, Mike talking about, wouldn't it be nice to have him at Carlisle next season in League One? Oh, it would, wouldn't it? Bit, bit deluded, probably, but there you go. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but like I said, he would fit in perfectly into a beach team because of the way he plays. I think he yeah, really would. Yeah. But there you go. Go on, sorry. Uh, I'm getting bored of this one. Charlie White scored again. <sighs> yep. And uh, Bowman scored another. Uh, the resurrection of Cole Stockton continues. Another goal. Just just uh, some players fit in some clubs, don't they? Just, yeah, just the yeah, way it is. Yeah, it just shows. Uh, Jamie Proctor scored for Wigan, is that, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, a bit of a, a tenuous one here. Apparently, George Glendon was named National League North Player of the Month for January 2021. Wow. I'm not sure how many games there were in the National League North in January 2021. <laughs> I was going to say, barely any comes to play. many. But, uh, barely any comes to play, so there, he's probably yeah. got it by default. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, well, thank you there, Dan, for the update. And that's it for this week, Dan. Thanks for joining me. Quickly then, let's uh, see if you can get the, the answer to this quiz question. Right. In our very early days, we played a lot of teams from the North East. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it was Division 3 North. So I'm thinking of teams like 
South Shields, Durham City, Ashington, uh, North Shields. Did we play them? No, I think they were maybe a cup yeah. match. So you're on the right lines. In fact, I'm on the right lines. You you might have said one of them. <laughs> oh Christ! Uh, try. I'll say Ashington because I've been there definitely. Ashington is the right answer. Oh wow! Yeah. Good, good guess. Well yeah, done. Yeah, that that was a guess as well. Yeah, yeah, so Ashington, we only played them twice and we won both games basically. Yeah, so that must go. have been one of our very first seasons, was it? I think yeah, very early on. I'm not 100 percent when. I'll have a look later. But there you yeah. go. Um, so yeah, um, in terms of specials that like we said before, you can still listen to the George Channel one. Give it a listen if you haven't already. I think it was a really, really good chat we had with him. He's spot on, lad. Really, really good. Um, we've, uh, just just as a note to that, we've obviously we're hoping to get a couple of the current squad. But we're also hoping to uh, get a couple of ex-players on. We've uh, we have been in contact with a couple. Yeah, it's been and, difficult uh, to get stuff arranged, but we'll yeah, yeah, maybe to maybe do some of the next few weeks, and we we might do a couple more like history-based ones as well. Maybe yeah, we'll sit down yeah. for have a chat. We've at some got point. plenty of ideas, but uh, absolutely, absolutely. With, with a number of games coming up, uh, we're probably better leaving a couple of them to the summer to give you all summer for the summer. Yes, that's true. We can maybe get a couple recorded. We can put them out on Mondays, maybe. Yeah, when, uh, yeah. There's midweek games, but there you go. Um, so yeah, if you've got any comments, feedback, obviously as usual, get us in contact with us at Brunt and Bugle on Twitter or Bugle at gmail.com. And like I said, we're always on the Boot Justin Fiennot Facebook group having a crack about all things Cali Night. So you can find us on there too. Um, you can find us on the message board as well if you want to go there, thecumbrians.net. Um, you probably have already if you listen to this, but if you haven't, you can subscribe to the podcast using all good podcast apps, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Acast, iHeartRadio. Pocket Cast, anything like that, just search for Brunt and Bugle, we'll be on there. If we're not on there, let us know, because we'll try and get ourselves uh, added to the list. Um, and if you can give us a review as well, that'd be fantastic as well. Five-star reviews, always welcomed. The uh, World Map of Listeners, Dan, I did tell you we've got a, a new yeah, country, haven't we? you fired one in our WhatsApp, yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, South Africa. Uh, terrible accent there. I do apologise. That is uh, the worst South African I, I, to honest, I have ever heard. I did it really. I can normally do a really good one, and I don't know why I just done because that. Because I, I used to work with a lot of South African lads in London, and that was yeah. shocking, mate. Yeah. All I think of when I say Alan Parchy's a pyrotechnics. <laughs> but there yeah. you go. Um, quick look down the list. Actually, I'm going to check if there's any more. I don't think there is. I think we obviously touched last time. Argentina is on the list as well now. Um, and that's it. Yeah, no, no other new country. So that's it, Dan. We'll be back. Well, like I said, we'll have the kits episode out early next week. And then we should be back either Thursday or Friday next week. We'll maybe try and get it recorded early. I mean, God, I just hope we've got something to talk about in terms of football. <laughs> for what's Yeah, nice, we're, 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 hope, we're hoping to get into a nice uh, routine over the next few weeks with so many games. And yeah. if we can do Thursdays to get it out Friday, we will. Yep, we'll, we'll try and get them all out once a week. And we might have to take a break at some point because it might just be a nightmare trying to fit it all in, but we'll we'll try and get one out every week if we can. But uh, Dan, as ever, thanks for joining me. Really appreciate it. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening, as usual. And uh, up the blues. Up the blues.